on every side everything is working in my favor God has gone before me to make my way smooth so this week as I step out I'm stepping on a higher ground everywhere I shall touch I shall possess heaven has approved my greatness and there's nothing the devil can do about it. If you believe, shout Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. I'd like you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, say every day, in every way, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I am more than this. I am pressing forward. I am pressing forward. I am making progress. Heaven is rejoicing. The trees in the bush are clapping for me. The mountains are bursting into song in my praises. It is not my fault. It is the Lord's doing. You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to appreciate everyone here this morning. I am particularly grateful and excited and lost present. I believe that somebody is not going back the same way he came. Amen. If you are that person, shout a bigger amen. amen. There is somebody sitting next to you now and he's not feeling that he's having special grace. Because he, don't, he doesn't know who you are. Did you hear me? The person seated, seated next to you is not feeling excited as though he's seated before a king or the president of a nation. Because he does not know who you are. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor. If you know who I am, when you get home today, you will celebrate because you sit next to me today. Hallelujah. I'm somebody special. So what we are going to do this morning, just last week I started a series that I call The Winning Ways of Life. I call it The Winning Ways of Life. Things that God has ordained that we need to appropriate to give us the best of our life and then um, I called 
I called two of it out of the seven. And that was uh, walking with God. One of the ways of winning in life is walking with God. And the second way is working. Praise the Lord. Walking and working. The first work is the W-A-L-K. And the second working is W-O-R-K. And this morning, when I, yesterday when I was preparing this message, mommy came and kept disturbing me, reminding me that uh, there's uh, a dedication today and that the message should be brief. Praise the Lord. So instead of taking two of the new jets of the remaining seven, I just took one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because I don't want to rush them. I just want to take one and exhaust it. And then next week we continue by God's grace. Praise the Lord. So like I said, the first one is working. The other one is working. This morning I'll be talking about watching. Somebody say watching. Watching. As of water. Praise the Lord. So the third point of the winning ways of life is watching. And we're going to look at it very briefly and um, I'm sure you shall be blessed. Amen? Amen. I want somebody to open John 3, 2 and 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. 3 John rather. 3 John 3 and 3 John 2 the book of Third John 2. Third John 2. And then Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Shall there read for me? Third John, sir, somebody, nobody is reading, I read for myself. Third John 2, so behold, or beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Then Second Peter chapter 1 Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 verse 3 Everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I may read this one today here. He said, His divine power has given to us all things 
that pertain to life and godliness. His divine power has given to us all things. And thought John to say that God's desire is that we prosper in all things. Let us pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Father in heaven, we thank you. I thank you for the privilege to be in your presence this morning. Thank you for your people. Thank you for the revelation of your word. Thank you, Father Lord, for imparting us with your word and blessing each and every one of us, loading us with your blessings this morning. Thank you, Father Lord, for at the end of the day, let your name, your name alone, be glorified. We thank you for revelation. We thank you for impartation. We thank you for abundance. In the name of Jesus. Glory be to you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we do pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the, the two scripture verses of the scripture that we read uh, made it clear that God's desire is for us to prosper in life. God does not create failure. Everyone that God has created has been empowered, engineered, and wired to succeed in life. You are not a failure. You are a success. God designed you to succeed in life. And he gave you everything that you need to succeed. But it is your duty to navigate the pathways of success. It's your duty to fathom to, to the pathway to be able to now plot your path to where you are supposed to go. And that's why the Bible said, the God said, look, I know my thoughts towards you. It's not a bad thought, it's a good thought that will take you to your expected end. Now there is an expected end for every soul, for everyone that God has created. And that expected end is success. Please touch your neighbor. Say, my end is successful. Say, my tomorrow is bright. In fact, it's brighter than today. Say, I know where I'm going. I'm going to the end of the success. The top of the ladder of success. That's where I'm designed to be. And I'm going there. And nobody can stop me. You believe shut in it. God has designed you to succeed in life. Because God is a success. His children cannot be failures. It's only failures that give birth to failures. And success gives birth to what? Success. You are a success. All you need to do is to appropriate the success that you have made to be. You have been made to be a success. Your own is to now appropriate it. And so what I'm teaching you this morning is the way to appropriate it. Because if I set a table for you to eat 
it is your own duty to go to the dining table and eat. Praise the Lord. So, for you in your life, success has been made. But you need to appropriate it. And one of the ways to appropriate it is by watering the tree of life. So, every soul has a tree of life. In other words, in the Bible, when the Bible talks about trees, it's talking about people. So, you are a tree of life. You are a tree of life. So you need to water your tree of life so that it will bear fruit. Hello? So your duty is to water the tree of life. God has given you the tree of life. You are a prosperous tree of life, but you need to water it. And what I want to tell you this morning is how to water it. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, in this context of watching, we are talking about the capacity to rejuvenate, to nurture, to grow, to bless, and then to harvest. Now this morning I'm going to just give you two basic ways of watering. Through two just basic way, major ways of watering. That you can water your life and become the winners. Two basic ways you can water your life and become the winner that God has designed you to be. In other words, When a farmer plants a plant, when a farmer plants a plant, he needs to water the plant so that the water can grow and bear fruit. So is your life. Your life is a plant that God has planted. You need to water it. We have disparities of success because some people water their own plant more than the others. God does not differentiate. God does not say this one should be richer than this or this one should be more successful than this. No. The difference comes from you. It depends on the way you have tried to water your tree of life. The way you water it, the way you get. What you water is what you harvest. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I said two ways. Number one is by the fruits of your mouth. The fruits of your mouth is one way you water the seed of your life. Proverbs 18, verse 20, is that a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruits of his mouth. A man's stomach shall be satisfied. Shall be what? Satisfied by the fruits of your mouth. That means what you say. 
Do not forget that this entire world was created by the word of God. What you say determines your future. Because every time you speak a word, you sow seed in the spiritual realm. The power of life and death is in the tongue. So we must speak life to our life. We must speak life to our marriage. We must speak life to our education. We must speak life to our business, our finances. What you say is what the heaven hears. The heaven is waiting for our command. It is what we say that the heaven acts upon. When God was creating the heaven and the earth, the Bible says that the earth, the deep, well, the earth was deep and then there was, you know, a, a, a kind of unevenness. That place was upon the face of the deep. And nothing happened until God spoke. It was when God spoke and said, let there be light. What he wanted is light, and he spoke light. And then the Holy Spirit act, was activated with that spoken word and brought forth the fruit. So what you say is what the Holy Spirit will walk upon. So the Holy Spirit cannot walk in vacuum of your spoken word. God, the word will speak. It's not just word, it's spirit. Jesus said the word, the word I speak to you are spirit and life. There is life in what you say. You cannot grow beyond what you say. You cannot be blessed more than what you say. There is no blessing a man has received in life that he has not spoken before he came to manifestation. A man that is elected president has said it over and over again that he was going to be a president. When I read the history of, of uh, 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 Trump, what do you call him? Um, the one that just left. Trump. Trump. Go and see the interview. Over 30 years ago, he said he was going to be the president. And what he was going to do. And he became president. Hallelujah. So life is a choice. You can choose what you want to become. Hallelujah. You can decide what your children will become. By saying it. My daughter is a doctor today because we spoke it to her life. Ask mommy. Praise the Lord. That's when she was two, I said, this is a doctor. So when admission was even so difficult in your life, she got it because it has been spoken. What has been spoken has been what? Ordained and done. You can decide your future by what you say. That won't deceive people by creating situations that will make you speak negatively. 
You defeat the devil by refusing to speak negative when even the situation when the situation is compelling you to do so. Situation will want you to say, Oh, things are tough. But instead of saying things are tough, say things are good. Hello. When the devil is exciting you to say things are soft and hearing you say things are good. And what you say is good. Whatever you say is good. Everywhere what you are sowing is good, 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 good. At the end of the day, the only thing you can get, whatever you talk, is good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Paul said a man that there is something in head in the spiritual realm that a man cannot say. But I understand I want to speak, I want to speak in that manner. See, that's a man who always struck life. Praise the Lord. All he says is life, longevity. In the night, when sleeping on the road, anytime, his mind and his words are for life. One day suddenly he collapsed and nobody knew. Praise the Lord. When the angel of death came, they couldn't see death. Hello? All, all he could see is life. When he, when he collapsed, nobody knew. But this man always say life. He always talk life. Everything he talks is life. Longevity, longevity, longevity. So one day he collapsed in the toilet. And the family didn't know. He was there for hours. When the spirit of that day, he could, not move, he could not move near him because he was surrounded by what? Life. He told him, you don't have a place here. This man, the only thing we can see around him is what? Life. He came, he came back. He came back without screaming, without nobody praying for him. Because he's surrounded. He's been watering his life with one life. What you sow is what you get. Come to your neighbor and say, speak life. In verse 18, verse 20, the Bible says, from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. From the produce of his lips, he shall be what? Filled. Now, what you say or what you sing, The produce of your mouth is what you say. The produce of your lips is what you sing. When you sing to the Lord, sing praises to the Lord, even when things are difficult. What are you doing? You are watching the tree of your life. Sing worship to the Lord. Worship Him, even when things seem to be. Mm. Give Him praise. In the midst of difficulties, and the result you get 
We amaze you. And suppose Paul and Silas were in the, in, in the prison. They were bound. But yet, the Bible says they prayed and they sang to the Lord. And the chains of prison were broken. There was an earthquake. The gates were opened. And they appeared and led them out of the prison. But somebody here this morning I prophesied. You know, I don't know what you are going through. But from today, as you praise the Lord, when you are hungry, instead of saying I'm hungry, say I'm filled. Hey, when you want to buy something and the money is not there, say I have my pocket is full of money. Hey, when your pocket is spending, you say I am strong and sound. The result we are missing. I see somebody jumping up from that pain. I see somebody living that poverty. I see somebody getting out of sickness. I see somebody getting out of frustration. I see somebody celebrating good things surrounding him right now. In the name of Jesus. Touch your neighbor and say, speak life. A man cannot experience what he has not spoken or what I. You cannot experience what you have not watered. There is no achievement a man achieves in life until it has been spoken and said. You must have seen it and spoken it. Listen to me. Your spoken word is a demand on heaven. Hello? Your spoken word is what? A demand on heaven. Now, economic science talks about demand. When I make the, when you say you make demand, you are not just requesting. It's not a mere request. By economic definition. Demand is something you ask for with the requirement to back what you are asking. Now, if I say I demand a car there, I demand a car from Toyota company. I have demanded a car from that. It means that I, I, I didn't just ask for a car. I have also backed it up with the necessary payment. Otherwise, it's not effective demand. It is just a request. You call it demand when there's capacity to back up what you are asking for. Now, so when you speak to heaven, you are placing a demand in what you are speaking. Because heaven is waiting for you. So when you say it, it's automatically released from heaven. Because everything you need on this earth is in heaven. Praise the Lord. You only require to request for it and it will be released. That's why the Bible says that whatever you bind on earth 
will be found in heaven. That is to say, whatever you do not ask for here will not be given to you in heaven. He said, well, whatever you release on earth will be released in heaven. That is to say, I release a car, then it will be released in heaven. The question is just a question of when it will descend and get to you. And that also depends on how often you keep speaking it. Praise the Lord. Decide on what you want to be, decide on what you want to achieve, and then keep talking it. Keep saying it. Even when situations are against what you are saying, keep saying it. Keep talking it. Keep declaring it. As you declare it, the power to release it is getting concentrated. And it will get, when the cup is full, that will be a release. Hallelujah. Touch your neighbor and say, speak life. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3, the Bible says, Whoever guides his mouth preserves his life. Whoever what? Guides his mouth preserves his life. So your, your spoken word is the is power to protect your life. Like I said, always speak life. Speak a glory future. Declare tomorrow as already blessed. Do not use your pain of today to look at tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Water your tree of life by your spoken words, by what you see, and by what you say to your life. When you wake up in the morning, declare, it shall be well with me today. If you dreamt, if you dreamt a bad dream last night, as you wake up in the morning, there is power on your tongue. As you wake up, declare as a child of God say that every dream is just. How do I put it? It's a just. It's a, it's a suggestion. Hello. A dream is a suggestion. The devil comes to suggest evil, and the Holy Spirit come to suggest the good things. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit comes to suggest good things. And when he does that by showing you the dream, you still need to claim it with your mouth. If you leave it like that, it may not come. Praise the Lord. So when the evil ones also suggest the bad things, if you leave it like that, it may come. But when you cancel it, with the power of your mouth is cancelled. To cancel it, I cancel every negative dream. 
for the blood of Jesus. And it remains cancelled. You believe it is cancelled, it is cancelled. No matter the dream you dream. So the power is in your mouth. You don't need to pray about it. Don't need to entertain anything. Whatever you dream, say it is not me. I can't sow it in the blood of Jesus Christ. And it is cancelled in Jesus' name. Amen. It is done. If you dream good things and you don't want to give you a blessing, you know, so when you wake up, you must say, I receive the blessing. I'm expecting the blessing. I claim it. It is mine. It will come. Praise the Lord. These are spiritual exercises that we need to know to claim our place in God's kingdom. What you say. Your mouth. The place of your mouth. The power of your mouth. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, what we is not okay in, in Job twenty two verse twenty eight. What did he say? The book of Job twenty two verse twenty eight. Who can? Who can tell me that 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 scripture says that you shall speak the word and it shall be established? You should, what you say shall be established. You shall speak the word and it shall be what established. It shall established means it shall be done. Or you. All you need to do is to speak the word in faith and it is done. Look at what God said in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, verse 17. In the book of Deuteronomy 7, let me read that one to you directly so that you know. The book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. Verse 7, verse 7, no, chapter 7, verse 17. 17 says, If you should say in your heart, Hello, are we together? If you should say in your heart, These nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? God was talking to the Israelites. And God had told the Israelites, look, go and occupy the Canaan land. Go and take over. Inhabit the land. Take over the houses. Take over their farm. Their, their, their belongings. That is what I want you to do. But if you say, that the people there are too big for you, that you cannot overtake them, then I cannot do anything. That's what God was saying. Praise the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, if God has blessed you, and you say, ah, are you sure I can take this blessing? Then you are putting God into question, and God will have nothing to do. Praise the Lord. 
put God in Israel and say, go and take over the land, the Canaan land. Go and take over. But as you go, if you see giants there and say, ah, this one is too big, then that's your business. I cannot do them anything. But when you say, I can overtake this one, then I will back you up. That is life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, somebody. Somebody say, I'm better. I am greater. I'm greater. I am greater. Than my opposition. Than my opposition. Now, I'm still talking about what really the truth of your life. One side of it is what you say. Now I'm going to talk about what you sow to water your life. Praise the Lord. So apart from what you say, what you sow comes into reckoning. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, it says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously we also reap generously. No, so what you give determine what you get. What you invest into your life determine what you harvest. So anytime you give, you are investing in your own life. Because giving is life. A man that is giving is the one that is living. You cannot claim to be living when you are not flowing. When a river is not flowing, it means that new, new water is not coming in. If a river is, is, a, if a river is stagnant, it's not giving, nothing is coming in, it will sink. Praise the Lord. But the flowing river is fresh every time. Because as it's flowing, more fresh ones are coming. So, the, the, the other way to water the tree of your life is by giving. Life is a cycle of giving. Hallelujah. And science talked about, about, uh, um, um, what? Um, H2O, carbohydrate and oxygen. Praise the Lord. If a man breathes in or, or cannot breathe out, it's no living. As you take in, you breathe out. You take in oxygen to give out carbon dioxide. And the trees take your carbon dioxide to refresh. And you again eat the fruit of the tree to regain energy. Praise the Lord. So it is about giving and taking. Praise the Lord. It's a spiritual thing. And one way as a child of God that you give is by your tithing. The devil came and set up a kind of controversy and made people to talk negatively about tithing. Nobody cares about tithing. But it is a spiritual exercise. When Abraham tithed to the representative person of Jesus, Melchizedek, 
the high priest. Nobody told you. He got the revelation. It was not under the law. Time is not tied with law. I cannot end with the law. Praise the Lord. Some of us are the But 10% is just even the least any man can go. You go far back. Record has shown that a man who gave far more than that ended up the richest man. Praise the Lord. You tithe, whatever comes to you, 10%. If you want to remain 10%, you can decide to go above that. If you are somebody who gets any every week, tithe every week. What does it say? Forget about what is done to tithe. Fulfill your obligation to God. Praise the Lord. I do more than tithing. Don't deal with it. I don't deal with tithe. No. I just give as as it comes and I start missing. Praise the Lord. So give your offering. Your offering. Offering offers you something. As you give offering, heaven offers you blessing. Engage in free will giving. Free will. Free will. It's church. Look, go to church and look around what the church means and look around what people need, what your pastor needs, what your what needs or not. Anyone you can do, do it free will. Free will. What you give only lifts your hand, but remains in you in triple and hundredfold. It lifts your hand physically, but spiritually is. Is returned to you double. And that's why the Bible says, let me, read, let me take you to this scripture and read it for me. Praise the Lord. Read Proverbs 11 and verse 24 for me. Proverbs 11, verse 24. I can read this for you, but I want you to read it. Read for me. There is that. <clears throat> Proverbs 11 24. There is that scattered. Somebody says scattered. He just goes. He gives without any qualification. He sees you, you and me. He gives to you. Come to church and look for people who are in need. He gives to them. He scatters like a farmer. And yet, he, gives, he comes to what? Wealth. Yet there is one who withholds more than necessary. He puts, what they call that gum? I can go. Eh? Super glue. Super glue. Does not let go. Yes, it comes to what? Poverty. Your riches is not about how much you withhold the one that comes to you. Your riches is about how much you scatter. The Bible says there is one that scatters 
and it comes to abundance. Because riches is not about your capacity, it's God's grace. And God's grace rests upon how much you scatter. And that's why the Bible says that God is the one that gives seed to the sower. Who does God give seed to sow? I ask you, church. According to the Bible, who does God give seed to sow? To the sower. Not the one that does not sow. If you do not sow, God will not give you the seed. If you think you don't have to give, then you don't have to give. That's why the Bible said, the one that does not have, you know, that, you know what that Jesus did? Jesus took the one, took from the one that had little and gave to the one that had plenty. Do you understand that? A little, and he took from there because the little that he has a little because he believes in that little. He doesn't want that little too. The one that has plenty is the one that is so as he throws, it gets more. As he throws, it gets more. In this church, we don't talk about giving or trouble. I feel embarrassed talking about giving. I'm talking about being given today because it's just one of the points I need to talk about in the winning ways of life. I don't talk about living because I want you to give. No. Church is of God. And God will take his church to the greater height without you or with you. But when you give, you are blessing. You are sowing seed of harvest for yourself. Praise the Lord. That is the watering of life. The winning ways of life. And the law of giving is not even limited to Christians. It's a general law that God has given from the one. That has to sow you reap. So even believers, even unbelievers, people who are not Christians, when they give, they get. But in church, our Christians are too critical. And they believe what to give, what they give to church is for the pastor. No. Oh, the church, I want to go give to church. No. It's a way of blessing your life. You cannot hold hand, touch your hand, and receive. So then when you open your hand, you will give that when you can also receive. It's the law of life. Just give. Just scatter. Like the Bible says. When you scatter, then it will be gathered unto you in hundredfold. There's somebody here who does not pay time. And when it comes to the issue of time, it's so, it's, it's so difficult for you. If you cannot pay 1,000 naira when you have 10,000, and you think because you have 50,000 something to do, and you have 10,000, so how can you now remove 1,000 no? That 1,000, whether you remove it or not, your 10,000 are not still solve your 50,000 problem. So why don't you just sacrifice God's own and see what God will do? 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That is some sign, huh? Hallelujah. I'm going to round off with Solomon in second book of Chronicles, chapter 7, verses 1 to 2. We may not be able to read it at that time, but everybody knows King Solomon. Everybody knows about King Solomon. Now, King Solomon suddenly became the king of Israel. And when he became the king of Israel, the first thing he did, he did something unusual. Praise the Lord. And when we see, you cannot do something ordinary and want to get an extraordinary result. It's unreasonable. It's unthinkable. It's irrational. You cannot do something ordinary. I want to receive extraordinary results. So when King Solomon came on throne, he did something extraordinary. For the first time in history, he offered 1,000 bone to offering. 1,000 bone to offering unto God. He had to worship him. Even his father David never did that. The heaven was shaking. And God was provoked. In that time, God came to him and said, Son, what do you want? God said, This is too much. This thing has not happened before. Who taught you this secret? My son, what do you want that you did this? Hallelujah. Solomon said, Well, all I want is wisdom and understanding to be able to convert the people you have given to me. God said, Well, sir. Said, that is all. I will make you the richest. He said, apart from giving you the wisdom to rule. I will make you the richest man ever on planet Earth. Before you and after you. See, tomorrow, no man on Earth in history is as rich as in Solomon. Say, you didn't ask for it, though, but I will make you rich. The temple. Today, people build churches. And Antichrist people will be talking about how can they go and send money to build like that? How can they go and build something like that? He build this, he build that. All those Antichrists. Don't follow them all. Praise the Lord. When Paul and Chairman build the 100,000 seaters, they complain. Bishop of Edinburgh is building 150,000 seaters. They are complaining. They say they can use that money for another The money for church is money for church. Jesus once said, when a lady came and poured expensive perfume on him, and people were also saying, ah, you, too, you are wasting it. We could have sold it and get to the leader. So Jesus said, shut up. The poor will always be with you. Even if you don't, if you didn't do that, the poor will always be with you. Because there are people who will never hear. Praise the Lord. And Solomon was lifted above powers and principalities. During his reign, it was peace. Because he did something extraordinary. 
I prophesy to somebody here. As you yield to that spirit, as you yield to that sin, as you give, you will never remain the same. Whatever the spirit is leading you to do, as you do it in giving, in sowing, in donation, in helping people, you will never remain the same. You will continue to be a helper because you have the capacity to help. God will make sure that you are in that position to always have enough to help. If in your heart of hearts, you know that when you have, you will give, then receive in the name of Jesus. If you believe that you want to be a sower, that you truly sow when you have, be a sower, receive in the name of Jesus. Receive in the name of Jesus. Receive in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, I receive. And something of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and say, Father, I thank you for making me a sower. I receive the seed to sow. So every day, I receive the power, the grace to sow. I am blessed. I am blessed with the riches of heaven. In the name of Jesus, I shall lack no more. Heaven is releasing my blessings. Every man holding my blessing. I command the release. I command the release. I command the release. And I receive. I receive. I receive. In the name of Jesus. Father, I bless your people. I lift your people before you. I declare a barrier breaking anointing. I command a flow of blessing. I command super abundance. In the name of Jesus. Somebody here, you are being taken away from that perpetual poverty right now. There's somebody you have been trying to, a, a kind of, you are kind of rooted, a, a cycle, you cannot get out of this lack. From today, I command, you are lifted. You are lifted out. With the unstretched hand of God, you are lifted out of poverty. In the name of Jesus. From today, when they call about those who are blessed, you are one of them. In your family, you will stand tall. Among your contemporaries, you will stand tall. Listen to me, this nation will hear about you. When they want to call about people who are blessed, they will call your name. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout, I am blessed. On every side. To God's glory. To the shame of the devil. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' precious name we pray.
Christ is my life. The Bible says Christ in me is the hope of glory. So it means God has always wanted Christ to give in me. That's what he's been hoping all this while. And now Christ is in me. Is the hope of glory is fulfilled. Hallelujah. Christ is my life. Say it again. Christ is my life. He's the reason we are here this morning. You know something caught my attention this morning while we were worshipping God and then mommy went and was adjusting Dr. Joy. Oh, I looked at how much God would just do everything to take care of me. You know, I was seeing it in a different way. I look at how much God is doing everything to take care of me, to protect me, to provide for me. You could see how much love, the extension of love. You see, that's the life that we are in. It's a life of love. You know, God taught me something new this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you're here this morning, tell yourself you're a champion. I'm a champion. I'm on top of the world. Nothing can ever hinder me. I'm unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. I'm a limit breaker. I'm a barrier breaker. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. What a life. Oh. Last two weeks, we talked about in our wisdom school, we were taught how not to depend on the flesh. We have no confidence in the flesh. Remember that um, we are talking about grace. Our teaching has been about grace. And last two weeks we learned about how we do not, grace does not depend on the flesh. And then um, last week Thursday, our teacher also taught us about Who, I, can't, I won't be, do the whole talking. Let's, let's make our class an interactive one this morning. I'm learning so much from my teachers how to teach. <laughs> Hallelujah. So what did we learn last week? What was last week's topic? Who can help us this morning? This is an open test. You are free to look at your book. But the next time you always remember, you open your book, you look. So we thought last week's topic. What was our topic? Ah, grace through faith. Did we just forget so soon? We are not forgetful. Grace through faith. We thought how we were saved by grace through faith. Hallelujah. So today we'll be talking on um, um, His grace, His love, our faith. But before then, can we just um, bow our head and pray? Sweet Holy Spirit divine, you are a teacher, our energizer, our strengthener this morning. Speak through my vocal cords. Express yourself, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding through us. Open our eyes to your world. That as we hear, we become in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And our knowledge will increase in who we are in Christ Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One thing I'm going to do this morning is another method of teaching. I'm going to do copy and paste. How many of us have heard copy and paste before? You send me an SMS in this our digital age, and I know that I don't want to test myself. I copy it and I paste it and I forward it. It's copy and paste. Somebody has done the whole work. My own is just to come explain. That's copy and paste. And that is one of the secrets of success in the world of business. If you try to invent your own, you will fail. People have gone through so many ways, and they found out the best way to do it. So we are following the way they did it. And they achieved results. Hallelujah. So when I say copy and paste, I'm going to be giving you what is in the book directly. Hallelujah. That is copy and paste. I'm copying my father in the Lord and I am pasting it in your heart. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, without um, wasting much of our time, uh, we're starting from page 74. How many, of you, how many of us have our book, Grace Amplified? Grace Amplified. Okay, if you have it here, tell yourself, say, you did info. Hallelujah. All right, we're still going to our um, scriptural text, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is by grace that I'm standing here to be the teacher this morning. Every one of us here could also be the teacher, so I don't have to boast that I'm here. I'm trying to be simple. Brother Maker, are you here in this class? Are you listening? What was my last word? Help us. What was the last thing we said? So you are not here in this class. Brother Mika, it is well. Try and listen this morning. Daddy thought of he said, his grace, his love, our faith. God's grace is an expression of his absolute love for us. He shed blood on the cross and all the substitutionary sacrifice were all to simplify, to simply showcase his love for man. Everything Christ came to do, his death on the cross of Calvary, is just to showcase the love of God for man. Though there are many people who God loves and yet they still didn't know, they still don't know, they still not aware that God loves them and God has done so much for them and they still go about struggling. And you're here this morning because you know that God loves you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's good to be excited. You're here this morning because we know that God loves us. That's why we come here to worship him this morning. You know, you wake up in the morning, you tell the one that loves you so much that, oh, thank you for loving me, and I love you too. You see, he first loves us, that's why we're pointing back the love for him. Hallelujah. Daddy told us in his book that 
His love for man is the reason he showcased his death on the cross of Calvary. Which man will go and die on the cross because he loves somebody? Funny enough, every day that I walk, I've seen situations, I've seen people who will tell you, I don't come die for anybody. Ah, now myself first. I don't know if you have heard about that. Selfishness. Man is selfish. But God is selfless. Hallelujah. God poured out himself. You see, even in our selfish state, we end up even punishing ourselves without knowing. Somebody will be eating. He sees his friend coming. He's hiding the food. It's, it's not yourself you are punishing. You feel like eating something that your body wants. And because somebody is around you, you don't want to buy it. Who is solving it? It's you now. You are not open. You are wicked. Because the wickedness is not just to somebody else. You are doing it to yourself. But God is selfless. He poured out himself for us. Hallelujah. Love is his eternal choice to manifest the precise beauty of his character. You see, that's the character of God, love. That's the nature of God. That's the religion of God. Where's John? Okay, John told us that righteousness is the religion of God. You know, I've been thinking about it, and it's true. It's true. The guy is right in his own way. You know, love is the character of God. God, just as God, the character of God is truth. The same way love is his character. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was motivated by his deep love for man. Hence, his grace, his unmerited favor. How many of us qualified for his death? How many of us qualified for his death? Nobody. <laughs> but he just went and died for us. Let's understand something. Because in, the, in, the, in, the, in, in, in our Christian um, world today, a lot of people make us feel that um, if we do this, that's when we achieve this. That's the reason we are bringing this teaching. So we understand that it's not what you do or how you behave that brings God's promises to your life or that makes you achieve the things you achieve. If that's the reason, why is Dangote a billionaire? And we have many Christians who are struggling. It's not because of what you have done or what you, have, what you did not do. One thing is, but by the time you try to want to do, to get from God, you will suffer and you remain there forever. You will keep practicing that religious life. And our life is based on the spirit of grace. God sent his son, he has died for us. He, did, he finished everything, he said it is finished. What else are we starting again? Our own is just to use our faith to activate what we have now. Hallelujah. That, that was our last class. How many of us were in the last class? We were in the last class. We are building based on what we learned from our last class. Grace through faith. John 10 verse 17 says, Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. This is awesome. Ah. Did we hear it? I lay down my life that I may take it again. So it means that his death was not martyrdom. 
He purposely he planned to come die for us. So that he will redeem us and take everything. He said he, that he lays out his life that he may take it again. Bundy, this is, I just saw something this morning, seriously. That he laid down his life that he may take it again. Sorry. It is something he did purposely out of his love for man. He did, he did it to save man from the cause of self-dependency. From the pain of the arm of the flesh. And from carnality that kills. I love this word anytime that he uses it, carnality that kills. And really carnality kills. Carnality is enmity against God. Carnality is, it will, it will take you far away from God. God therefore wants us to walk in grace, total dependence on Him. Total dependence on Him. First Thessalonians 1 verse 3 says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith. I'm trying to speed up my reading. So, remembering without ceasing your works of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father. Paul here was addressing the Thessalonians about their faith work. He was delighted of their level of faith. Is happy about their level of faith, just like some of us here. We're happy about our level of faith, our level of love, and our hope in the Lord. Hallelujah. Paul commended the Thessalonian church for three basic factors. One of their one is their work of faith. Second, their labor of love. And third, the patience of hope. These three factors form the good example of a good Christian life. What are the three factors again? Let's try and name them again. Our work of faith, that's the first factor. The second factor is the labor of love. And the third, third factor is patience of hope. As you said, these three factors is what help us in our Christian work. Hallelujah. So you find out that these are not things we struggle. It's, it's a life. It pours out through us as we yield ourselves to that life. Grace is a life. It has come to us. Our own duty is to believe in what it has done for us and thus express grace. And it begins to work for us. Hallelujah. Most times when we share our testimonies, it's because we depend on grace. 
But we depend on grace, testimonies are born. Hallelujah. Did you, did you hear what I said? When we depend on grace, testimonies are born. Because it's our lifestyle. In this present world, if you want to buy anything from the market, what do you need? Anywhere in the world, in this world, anywhere in the world you want to buy something, you want to do any transaction, you need something for that transaction. We need money, currency, yes. Now in our kingdom, our currency is our faith. In our kingdom, our currency is our faith. How much you have it determines how much you go far. If your faith is strong enough, big enough, you see them doing big, big things. And you know the wonderful thing is, the faith you use at one level, you know you grow in it. Praise God. Grace is grace where we grow in faith. Hallelujah. When I came to White House Christian Center, I was not like this. And I want to assure you that the first day I spoke here, I was not like this. <laughs> you don't know the last. Praise God. <laughs> Seriously, it's a life. <laughs> Daddy is really, really good. <laughs> the way he planned everything out there, I keep wondering. It's amazing. Seriously, it's amazing. Every believer is expected to walk in these three dimensions of grace, not the work of law. The work of law is an insult to the spirit of grace. Hebrews 10 verse 29 says, Or how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, a common thing, and insulted the spirit of grace. It's not what, what we're saying there. We're not talking about the sin you are committing. No. We're talking about God has finished everything. Told you now, come and enjoy. You are telling yourself that you have to walk to enjoy. Uh -uh. I don't know if you understand it. Come and enjoy. Just relax yourself in it. And you're telling me that I have to do something to begin to enjoy that life. It's difficult for you to understand what you are called into. But you must open up yourself to the spirit of grace so you can see it. And leave it. And I let's study. Let's open Romans chapter five, verse. I want us to see something. Romans chapter five, and from verse um, twenty-one. Can somebody read for us Romans chapter five, verse twenty-one? I want us to leave the A aspect and go to the B aspect. We start from so also. You can read through, but then our emphasis is on the B aspect of that scripture. Verse 21. 
Okay. Romans chapter five verse thirty-one. Even so, might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Even so, might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. This Roman translation says, "So also grace." will reign through righteousness resulting in eternal life through jesus christ our lord now you see why we here always declare we are the righteousness of god in christ jesus it's because that's who we are i'm still going to come there don't worry you will see why we are enjoying so much in white house praise god put this Put that scripture in your mind. When we get there, we will now talk something about it. Now he said, Paul was delighted to write to the Thessalonians, commending them for, their, for displaying good example of what is expected of believers. You see, this is what is expected of me and you. We are believers. What's that thing Paul is still making mention is, is referring to here? Paul is referring to our work of faith, our labor of love, and our patience of hope. So that is telling us now that Paul was delighted to write to them, the Thessalonian church, commending them for displaying that good example of what is expected of a believer. That's what is expected of a believer. This is righteousness of the spirit of grace. We are there now. This is righteousness of the spirit of grace and not the righteousness of the law. Hallelujah. So that righteousness we're talking about is the righteousness which is of God. Apostle Paul said that from henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the mark of the cross. So in other words, he's no longer Paul. He's no longer the soul that people know him. He's now Apostle Paul, a conveyor of the message, the good news. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are two types of righteousness. The righteousness of God, which focuses on our belief in what God has done and receiving his grace for our life. That's the first type. The other one is the righteousness of law, which is, which is the focus on what you can do to receive from God. The first one is depending on God. The second one is depending on self. What can I do to receive from God? We know that you do some things, God blesses you. But then you're not doing it because you're receiving from God. I can't be in a house where I have to do because my, for my father to bless me. I was born into that family. I don't have to do anything for him to bless me. It's his duty to bless me. It's his duty to provide for me. Is it my fault if I was born here? It's not my fault I was born there. Hallelujah. 
So when I come to know that it's his duty to provide for me, I don't work to please my father. I don't do things that, you know, eye service, the things you do just to please your father. You want him to see you doing it. No, this is where you live. Your father knows you better than you know yourself. So my own is to just do what he says I should do. Because that is what he knows is good for me. He has seen it from the beginning, even before I was born. He planned it out for me. He planned a particular path for me to walk in. So my duty is to come walk the path that he planned for me. Not to now say that this is my own, I want to do my own. That's where the conflict is, in doing your own. Your own is of the law, the flesh, it will not help. And the Bible says that um, the flesh is enmity with God. Who, that's carnality. That's carnality. That's what Daddy was talking about, carnality. Carnal Christians. We have carnal Christians. They spent 30 years in the ministry. But yet they are still babies. They don't know. They are babies because they, they have become so religious that they take the scriptures to become okay. But they are not doing the things that the Bible says you should do. James says that for we are not hearers of the word only, but doers of the word. That if you are just a hearer, you are this kind of person that beholds your face in the glass. And when you go away, you forget what manner of man you are. In other words, it's telling you, you forget what manner of man you are. It means that you are a king, but now you just left and you went to the street and was behaving like a pauper. You are forgetting that you are a king. You are righteous. And you go out there and they tell you, ah, there's nobody there righteous now, you know now. And the Bible says that he became sin for me, who knew no sin, that I will become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So now I'm the righteousness of God. Now with me, God do amazing things. God uses me to do to touch lives. He changes the... Oh, thank you, sweet Holy Spirit. Let's go on. Praise God. So that is trying to let us know that there are two kinds of righteousness. So when we're declaring that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, know that you belong to that first class. The one that believes and depends on the spirit of grace. We are that class. We belong to that one. We were born from above. It was not our fault we were born from above. Hallelujah. I'm not proud, but I'm proud in the world. He said, I'm born from above. So when I declare I'm born from above, I am from above. I do not function with the limitation of time because I live in a realm where there is no limitation, there is no time, we are ageless, we are not bound by the things that are happening. What a man has achieved in 100 years, in just a second, God will just make you achieve everything and overtake that person. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we have learned something. We have learned three basic things that a believer is expected to know and live by. Our work of faith, our labor of love, and our patience of hope. Now also, we have learned another two new things, two kinds of righteousness. The righteousness which is born of the spirit of grace and the righteousness which is of the law. Hallelujah. Now, I underline this. Unfortunately, no man can please God with self-dependence, with self-performance, or with arm of flesh. 
we will look at these three factors as listed above after the order first the work of faith and that is a faith work means doing the work of righteousness i love that hallelujah you see the spirit of god knows how to align he explains himself the work of faith is doing the work of righteousness which is by grace so when we come here and begin to declare who we are we are doing the work of righteousness the bible says we have been called into a life of confession that's the work we are, we are to do you don't have to do any labor just speak speak your belief what do you believe do you believe you are born again did anything happen to you the day you got born again did you feel anything did you see anything but you believe so as you believe the same way he tells you you are the son of a king god is the monarch of the universe you i'm your father do you believe yes who are our 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 our, our genealogy abraham is my uncle apostle paul is my cousin <laughs> i don't know how you see it oh that's the, that's the kingdom we belong to oh these other ones um we're going to touch daddy talked about them one after the other but um, i'm not going to take that place today our labor of love patience of hope but let's go through this which is very important to us we know we have learned five things from this this um our today wisdom school because of time we're going to stop somewhere let me stop somewhere around here um when you come to christ there are some things that you talked about faith work means doing the work of righteousness a man without sense of guilt fear opposition or condemnation now this morning i heard in my spirit there is therefore now no condemnation to the man who is in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death that's what that is telling us here you are in this life you are not condemned you are not guilty you are fearless praise god now daddy went deeper to explain to us he said first john 2 verse 29 if you know that he is righteous you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him if he's righteous and i practice righteousness it means i'm born of him if i see you practices you are born of him so we are we are siblings in the gospel hallelujah all right now is that in other words as a believer you are expected to walk in the righteousness of jesus which is the expression of grace upon grace hallelujah grace upon grace hallelujah it is the evidence that you belong to him is the evidence that we belong to him so when i speak it it's my evidence i'm speaking my faith faith is the evidence of things hoped for oh glory to god this not seen but i'm speaking my belief it's my evidence that i belong to that life praise the lord is the evidence you see how the spirit of god moves now he came and said this is where most christians are lacking hebrew 4 verse 16 do 
doing the work of faith means living a fearless life. Living a fearless life. That he told us, he said, it's living a fearless life is doing the work of faith. Life, fearless life of intercession. You are interceding, you are not afraid. Praise God. Fearless life of testimony. You are coming out to give testimony, you are not afraid. Because sometimes I've heard so many things those days, they said that it's in the negative world that when you say the things you want to do, you might end up not doing it. But in our kingdom, it's the opposite. We say it and we come into it. Hallelujah. And then that is said, um, and fearless life of testimony and of the grace of God. Being conscious of God or merited favor and his abundant blessing, having fearless fellowship with the Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So when you see us dancing and praising God, we know what we are doing. It's because we belong to a kingdom of priests and kings who know the Father they have. He's alive to us and we are alive unto him. The Bible says we are alive to God. Present your body a living sacrifice. So we are living to him. As we are gathering here, we are gathered here, we are alive to him because we are lights before him. He said we are the light of the world. So we are lights to God. Hallelujah. How many of us know that we are the light of the world? We are the light of the world. Jesus said it. You are the salt of the earth. So in other words, my life must bring meaning to people's life. I'm the solution the world is waiting for. I'm a problem solver. Just raise your right hand and tell yourself, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you because of the spirit of grace that is at work in me. I thank you, Father, Lord, because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I thank you for your word that is working in me. Both to do and to will of your good pleasure. Thank you, Father, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Any question? I want to stop here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Do we have questions? For the sake of those who are coming, who are just entering, be in touch early. I just read from Grace Amplified. We have copies. You can pick your copy. You go through it, you get to know who you are in Christ Jesus and how you walk with God. This book is amazing. I've read it over and over and over. There's something about this. Initially, when I came to White House and I heard the message of grace, I didn't understand it. And as I started studying, God started opening my eyes to see. That's what a lot of Christians don't know about. In White House, we don't judge how you dress. We don't judge how you look. We don't judge your behavior. The Word of God will direct you. The Word of God will teach you. The word of God that you hear will teach you. You will know the right thing to do when you start hearing the message. I came here, I was like every other person, but the word of God started teaching me. It taught me. And I'm privileged to be in White House. I want to tell you, it's a place to be. This place is a place to be. I'm not, I'm not saying for, your, for you to be happy. 
I'm saying for your own good. It's a place to be. If you come here, be serious with life. Take the messages you hear seriously, run with them. The Bible says, believe in the word of God. You will pro believe in the word of God, you will be established, but believe in the prophet and you will prosper. Hallelujah. If there's no question, so it means we have learned today. Uh, if nobody is asking you a question, it means I'm a good teacher. Dr. John, you don't ask me any question. Oh, I've done well. No contributions. All right. Thank you, Daddy, for the privilege to take Wisdom School. Thank you, Bobby, for this privilege to take Wisdom School. And thank you, students, for hearing. And I believe that we have learned this morning, we learned what three things do we, well, have we learned and is expected of us as believers. Can you tell me one? All right, yeah. If we wanted to say something now. Our work of faith. Have we learned anything? Nobody's talking. Our labor of love, thank you. And then, oh, you have said everything. Patience of hope. That's amazing. These are the things that I expected of us. Our work of faith, our labor of love, and our patience of hope. And also we learned that there are two kinds of righteousness this morning. Righteousness by grace, yes. And the other one, righteousness which is by law. So and we walk by the righteousness which is by grace. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Alright, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for expressing yourself through us. Thank you for teaching us the word. And as we hear, we become in the name of the Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord, because you first love us. Thank you, Father, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.